sound comes from above. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And they complained about time too, about not playing D&D. &D. It was free for all, and I heard him say, he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick, cause you're incapable AMs. Thank you, Mr. T.J. Drennan. Welcome to Keep Off the Borderlands. My name's Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall, PDF Holder, RPG Player, and Aspiring GM. So what I've got here is just a whole bunch of messages that I'm uh, going to respond to. I think I just need to clarify some of the things I've touched on. It appears that some of my responses to Barney's message have been conflated. So I just want to uh, clarify exactly what I was talking about there. But before I get into all that, Let's just ease ourselves into things with a nice call from Jason. Hey Spencer, Jason here. Enjoyed your last episode. If you want to hear more of Carl's thoughts, he's going to be on my next podcast coming out, I don't know, June 31st, July 1st, whichever it is. Anyway, this Wednesday. And he's going to talk about his week in gaming, which is a doozy. As far as Sword and Scoundrel goes, yeah, I had a great time with it. We talk a little bit about it, and yeah, I definitely recommend everybody check out our own show. You know, I think it's a perfect system for swashbuckling. That's right, Barney, swashbuckling. You wouldn't use it for any kind of mass battles, but for one-on-one back and forth, I, I think it's a great system, and I look forward, I've been talking to Carl about this, I look forward to hopefully doing a pirate game using the, those rules, and maybe we'll do it you know, in an afternoon, so it'll be British, UK friendly. Or European friendly, I guess. I don't know. Continental friendly. Anyhow, talk to you later. Thank you, Jason. Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast there. And yes, European friendly is fine. Despite that decision to uh, opt out of a very cushy trade deal, we are still very much a part of Europe. But that's enough about that. Um, that was a great interview with Carl Rodriguez. Dave Aldridge of Deeper Centile, he's running a Numenera game at the moment, and Carl plays in that. And I had not made the connection that he was also the guy running the Broken Lands campaign, which has a real super group of players playing in that game. So the guy obviously knows his stuff, especially if you're wrangling that bunch. Yeah, so I'm not really sure why I hadn't made that connection before. Boy, is he involved in a large number of games. So, if you haven't listened already to Jason's episode 81, I think, get over there and listen to that. Carl also recently called into Arlen Walker's 
Live from Pelham's Wasteland podcast, episode 21 of season 2. And I've got a couple of messages from Arlen coming up right now. Hey Spencer, it's Arlen. Um, I'm really glad. So it sounds like you you had fun with Swords and Scoundrel and, and that was sort of the feeling I got from our debrief. But I'm really glad that, uh, that you did have fun with it and that you didn't get... Um, intimidated by the the combat rules it was kind of a funny thing finding out that you had uh, an earlier set of rules that didn't have the combat rules but i'm i'm assuming that that would have intimidated you i'm glad that you didn't have them and were interested in playing and then we sort of sprung that on you but that we got to to have fun with them uh because yeah i had a lot of fun um, and I'm really excited to get into the the more campaign play to do interesting stuff with the drives and the drama system. And um, just in general, oh, also, if you want the audio of audio of that debrief we did, you are welcome to i'll I'll send you a copy of it if you're interested. Um, I, I didn't think about that until um, just now basically but that you and jason might want to be able to put that up if you're if you're interested or i'm happy to only have that up on my channel but um yeah it was it was really good it was a lot of fun um and i'm really glad it it was absolutely no trouble at all for me um it was it was super fun on my end so i'm really glad that it seems like you and jason had uh, a lot of fun doing some uh, test bouts and trying out the system and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm I looking forward to, uh, I guess, two weeks, week and a half from now when we get to play again. Thanks very much for that, Arlen. Um, I really appreciate those messages. As I, I think I said in the last episode, that debriefing is in episode 20, season 2, of Live from Pelham's Wasteland. And I appreciate the offer to send me the interview. Personally, I feel it's better for me to direct people over to your podcast. And I pretty much said what I'd said in that debriefing on the previous episode anyway. So please head over there and check out Arlen's podcast if you haven't already. Um, as far as being intimidated goes, I think that from what I knew of the system, from being attracted to that core mechanic and the opportunity to play with you, Arlen, I think I would have overcome that. And I know you're a very patient guy. I really appreciate the time you spent taking us through the character creation. I know you're very um, willing to run games for people with no gaming experience whatsoever. So, you know, I knew I was in a safe pair of hands, man. Thanks again. Hey there, Spencer. It's John here from the Red Dice Stories. I've just been listening to your episode 107. And I'm afraid, dude, I'm going to have to put my foot down when it comes to the, the definition of verisimilitude. Now, I know that Dave Aldridge hates it when I bust out the dictionary, but 
in my opinion, this isn't like OSR where it's a, it's a different definition depending on who you speak to and it's something that's been developed and it's evolved over time and it's describing a group of games and it means something different to every man and their dog who says it. Very similitude is literally a word. You can go and look that up in a dictionary. And in fact, I've done that now. If I look in the, the Google Online dictionary, it describes it as the appearance of being true or real. And the example is the detail gives the novel some very similitude, which is certainly how I tend to use it. And I've also looked it up in the online Cambridge dictionary. And in there, it gives the definition as the quality of seeming true or of having the appearance of being real. And their example is she has included photographs in the book to lend very similitude to the story. And I've looked it up in a few of the dictionaries as well, and that is the meaning. They're all pretty much the same. And I think the problem with sort of saying, oh, well, yeah, but verisimilitude doesn't really mean that to me, is the fact that if everyone just randomly like goes off on flights of fancy and like creating their own meanings for words, and I'm not talking about group names and stuff like OSR and what like that, but like actual like single words, if everyone like goes off and comes up with their own definitions, then how long is it going to take before we get to the point where that language doesn't effectively mean anything and we can't agree on anything because we don't have a common framework? Everyone's using words to mean different things. I mean, it might just be the fact that I'm a bit sleep-deprived at the minute, which is making me think about this in such detail. But given all the endless debates and arguments we have over what OSR means, do we really want to take that down to the level of individual words where no one can say a sentence or like a paragraph or anything like that without us having to have a massive discussion about the definition of all of the words involved in it? And now, obviously, I'm exaggerating for effect using hyperbole, and I've checked the definition of that before I used it, which is what I tend to do with words that I use. If I'm not sure what it means, I look it up in a dictionary. Oh, that's what they're there for. Anyway, that's my sleep-deprived ramblings for this Friday. Take care, dude. Enjoy the episodes. I'll catch you soon. Hey, John. Thanks for your call. That's John Allen Large from RDD RPG. And thanks for that clarification, John. But I'm not so sure there's any real difference there in how I use the word for describing elements that are in keeping with a particular flavour of reality or how Che used the word as things that approximate reality. And next up, there's a message from Barney which begins with his clarification of his use of the word and I think you'll find it fits those definitions too. Hi Spencer, it's Barney. A really quick one. You and Che are totally right to put the that meaning of verisimilitude being truthfulness up front. I didn't do that. The angle I was coming at it from, which comes from film studies, I suppose, more than anything, is the way in which all of the details in a setting all come together. So that's what I mean about it being kind of sewn up. Everything fits together. All of those elements fit together to create a believable or realistic uh, situation. Um, and I don't want to go into any more about all of that. 
the last thing I wanted to say is that, as I pointed out, I wasn't chucking these concepts out. What really interests me is what we then say after that. So rather than just talk about any of these terms, how are you actually using them? What do you want to do with them? And that, of course, is what this whole discussion has been about. So it's been wonderful. Thank you ever so much. That's me. Bye-bye. Are you sure that's you, Barney? Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. One more thing. You are a very smart cookie with the whole Wiley Coyote Roadrunner thing. Um, I would say that you are you're talking about a particular level, which seems to work in a really idiosyncratic way that everyone's got their own internal logic. Um, what about then the logic of the, uh, the 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 cartoon itself? Maybe that's what you're talking about. So maybe I'm biting my own ass here, but um, the 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 animators have created this setting, and um, the the. The, the truth, the verisimilitude of the of the cartoon is is kind of I still think it's kind of unhinged and that's the way it is. And that's great. So if we're talking about those kinds of truths, then, you know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you very much, Barney. Barney from Loco Lunas there. I'm not sure <laughs> where we're going there. I'm not sure I'm as smart a cookie as you think I am because um well I I <laughs> I don't think I'm smart enough to realise how smart I'm being, if that makes sense. So like the reverse of the cougar dunning effect, kind of a inability to recognise a level of ability. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, I'm not sure where we are there. Although while I was listening to you, I had a flash of a great Chuck Jones cartoon called Duck Muck, which starts off with Daffy Duck strolling <laughs> through what appears to be a regular Looney Tunes cartoon, and suddenly the animator gets involved as a wonderful fourth wall breaking animation that takes things to a whole another level um yeah so where am i now <laughs> I, I really don't know but thank you thank you so much barney for some wonderful wonderful messages there lovely stuff hey spencer rob minion here i can't remember if i sent a message regarding the uh cartoons and verisimilitude question but i agree with jay webster um i think there's a it's important that there's a consistency in the realism of that world um and it has to be realistic it doesn't have to be real um another thing is remembering tunes the reality is sort of beside the point um there has to be a flexibility in the world so you can bend the rules of uh bend the rules for one character and then you can straighten them up for another so there's this wackiness you've got this zany wackiness that works uh, sort of um, surreality surrealism and then when the other character comes in like um, whoever it might be whether it's Tom and Tom then suddenly the laws of physics um, come back to normal as it were so you've got Jerry or the Roadrunner 
bending the laws of physics. And then you've got Tom or Wiley e. Coyote trying to trying to continue on with that sort of um surreal um sort of flexible reality, but then it doesn't quite they can't pull it off. They don't have the ability to pull that off. And then our vision, our the the in other words, the viewers uh, reality impinges on the world of Tom or Wiley e. Coyote and then we get a laugh because bang, he falls out of the sky or whatever it might be. Of course, you know, it being a tune, there's a there's a limit on how real it gets, so they they don't die forever, you know. Um but I think that's closer to the uh tune reality than rather it being um verisimilitude or whatever. Anyway, that's my so in summary, we have the reality of the Roadrunner and we have the reality or the worldview of Wiley e. Coyote and we also have the reality of the, the viewer, um, us watching this show and all those three things um, work off each other to create a sort of um, an absurd uh, view of the world and that and that's where the laughs come from you know um i think that's roughly it. i don't think it needs to get more complicated than that but yeah what do you think hey rob that's rob aka menion from confessions of a wee timorous bushy and yeah i think i'm in agreement with you there uh the only issue really being that I was in no way attempting to connect verisimilitude with cartoon logic. I I brought up Roadrunner as an example when explaining internal logic. My my and my intention wasn't to complicate cartoons, but to use a simplified medium to illustrate that concept. And I chose Roadrunner specifically because Chuck Jones himself had some very clearly defined rules about what was allowed to occur within that particular cartoon world. In that respect, I thought it was interesting that you picked up on that idea of recognition of the world as it is for us and how it often treats us and humiliates us and one of the rules of the roadrunner cartoons was that our sympathies should always lie with the coyote and yeah that's exactly what's going on there i really appreciate those calls rob thank you very much <laughs> but i am beginning to <laughs> regret ever using the word verisimilitude and fingers crossed that might be the last time you hear it here as Barney says it's how we employ these concepts what we do with them that's where the interesting stuff happens onward and upward Well, that's about enough from me, I think. Thank you very much for listening. 
Thank you so much for your calls. If you want to leave me a message, please contact me via the anchor link in the description. You can always email me or leave me an audio message at spencer.freeforall at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page for Keep Off the Borderlands. You can find me on Twitter and MeWe on the Audio Dungeon Discord and various other places on Discord as Freethrall. I'd also like to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music he provides. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.